0: You're listening to a DM podcast. G'day and welcome back to Behind the Podcast with Jules and Stocks. Today, I will be going Behind the podcasts with Anthony Stockdale, founder of the DM Podcast Network and, of course, my co-host on Behind the Podcast. Stocks gets asked a bunch of the same questions by people all the time, so we thought we'd give everyone a bit of a a hyperlink into his role and DM Podcasts in general. So, let's get straight into it. Stocks, why don't you give us the background, mate, on DM Podcasts? Right. Okay.
1: Cool. This is interesting. (laughs) This is fun. Uh, DM Podcasts is a company that's about four years old with a current, for what it's worth... Uh, Publisher slash Network of the Year, according to the partners of this podcast, which is the Australian Podcast Awards, which we're pretty proud of, but, I mean, what does that mean? Um, We're started by five blokes who had also started the Batuta Advocate, I guess, a few years before. We were working out ways to leverage audiences or leverage that audience that we were building, and podcasts seemed like the logical thing. I was more of a podcast junkie growing up on the... NPR, This American Life, and uh, someone like Bill Simmons, the ringer, of fame was Grantland at the time. I was peeled on that world. So I was always pushing for it and finally managed to convince the others that it was a logical pathway. And that's how we started DM Podcasts.
0: So some people who are just more into podcasting might not know necessarily if they've been living under a rock and to to quote one of your podcasts, Hello Sport, metaphorical or otherwise, what The Batuta Advocate is. So do you just want to give us a quick little bit of a background on, on The Batuta Advocate as a publication?
1: Yeah, it's, um, I guess what we do is we are a satirical news publication, publish content via website, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, EDM, and now TikTok, and basically what we do is we just pump out a bunch of content, making light of the news cycle, giving our takes on it, and through some matter of fortune, good luck, and talent, we've managed to grow it into a very strong voice. I think we were one of the top 10 most influential media voices according to the AFR last year. That's
0: right, a huge honor.
1: Yeah, but more of a, just a devil of a thing that gets shared in group chats. So we have the second highest engagement of any Australian uh, social media publisher, Um, Someone like the WSL, the World Surfing League, will knock us off from time to time when there's good surfing and why not? That's just unreal content for socials. And then there's another mob, um, Basketball Forever, a bunch of uh, guys from Sydney, up at North Shore, who do NBA content. Their audience is primarily overseas, but yeah, those guys absolutely smash it out. At times like this, when the NBA playoffs are on, they are incredible. So, that's what we are, um, and we really enjoy the content we create. It does go in a lot of group chats, so that is the thing that any group chats I'm on, it's like, hey, don't share our content in this group chat because <laughs> I'm here. Uh, but it's look, it's been a lot of fun, a lot of great journey, and we think we've built a great brand, and we've been very careful how we've built that brand and that voice and been very careful how we've also monetized that, so...
0: And so, there's a couple of things I'd like to touch on there. One is transferring an audience like the Batuda, which is you know pretty specific to the medium that it was in originally, over to podcasting, and then monetization, I suppose, of that particular brand Batuda, because obviously, you know, it's it's taking the piss out of a lot of things. It's got quite a, a trusted voice amongst people as not sort of selling out and being almost the kind of cultural gatekeepers and, and political gatekeepers of of you know or fact checkers and and whatever to make sure that everyone's kind of being kept in check (laughs) from a satirical point of view um so what was it like deciding on you know what the format of the podcast was going to be like and and how that voice might be transferred across to a completely different medium
1: yeah so i mean to even backtrack a little bit on that We, The next thing that happened after we sort of agreed to look at it was I was in a meeting with Nova and Nova at that time was partnered with ACAST and the conversation was around the radio format and no one read the room. Well, I just was not interested in that and was going to basically go back to our team and go, well, that was a waste of time. And one guy in there, a guy called Guy Scott Williams, who we've had on this podcast and he's one of the top guys at Acast Australia was in the room and he read it and he grabbed me afterwards and said, mate, podcast, what do you think? Is that more where you're leading? I said, yeah, let's chat. For whatever happened, I believe Guy went overseas at that point and for Christmas holidays, but his, uh, I wouldn't say business partner, but I guess his, um, actually probably his boss at that time was a guy, Henrik Heinrich Isaacson. And Heinrich came and took us to lunch and wowed the boys, the rest of the team, with a really good pitch and the key line really being, hey, I don't even understand your content. I don't know why it's funny. I don't know why people like it, but (laughs) you've got an audience. There's an opportunity. And it's a great pitch to give to cool creatives who are maybe a little too cool for themselves. A pitch like that actually gets their attention and that worked and that was the key line that got them over the line and that's how we got into the podcasting bit. We basically had the initial idea of just doing a long-form interview podcast, Uh but quickly, probably two trials into it, realized that we had to do something that was also going to be a bit more relatable to the brand. And that's really key is you need an audience. I highly recommend if you're starting a podcast and want to be successful and make money, you have an existing audience to tap into, whatever it is, wherever it is, even if it's someone else's and you're able to piggyback on the back of it. But then you've got to do content that is relatable to that audience. So, a long-form interview podcast with iconic Australians isn't what people consuming an Instagram feed of Batuta Advocate are going to get. Yeah. So, we lent into another format, which was to create daily – oh, sorry, a weekly news podcast at that point, which was the top stories from a week, read by the guys who wrote it. So, what we did was ACAST did an incredible job, signed us up with two big sponsors for 10 episodes – And a bunch of social impressions to go along with as well to take the risk out of it. So it's, you know, you know us as a social media thing, so we'll do social posts. So you're going to get your value that way and you're going to sponsor our podcast even if it bombs, you're getting some value. And we said, look, we're going to do the interviews, but we're also going to do this additional podcast. We'll do two podcasts a week. So they got a better deal um, and we got a format that really worked. And that weekly interview podcast, uh, sorry, the weekly news cap, Podcast is still our best episode that we've got. It is what people want. It's the best use as a format. We do a daily news one as well, but the weekly ones always perform better. Yeah. For hook or crook. So you do need to do something that's going to relate.
0: So that enabled you to kind of wet your beak on podcasting as a format, uh, particularly around Batuta. Then the idea to kind of grow this into a network, into a proper agency that's going to bring on other shows. I mean, was that something that happened pretty soon after, or what was the process there?
1: Yeah. So we were recording above a pub. Uh, very active pub on the first episode i think we recorded with becky lucas it was on a sunday afternoon my laptop died because i knocked a schooner over onto it <laughs> it was pretty formative just the perils no, of the pub life absolutely hey yeah hashtag pub life and we, that was where our office was i think the next week the sydney swans had their mad monday at the pub and it was like okay we can't be recording audio here this is <laughs> it was a mad monday i believe someone's That was fine, like he's okay, but someone's head went through a window and things like that on the second story, like just good loose AFL stuff. So we got a place, we said time to grow up, we got a new office, we built a studio, the one we're sitting in now, which we've just about to outgrow, and we started recording in here. And basically from there, you've got a studio, build it, they'll come. It's a little bit of that, but also just starting to... Talk to people within our friendship group as well was where it went. So, the initial podcasts were people like a Hello Sport, which is mates or comedians like Becky and Cam had a podcast. Becky Lucas and Cam James had a podcast. We're like, come and record it in here. So, there is a certain amount of attraction that comes from just having a proper studio and just being willing to let people use it and not charge for it.
0: Yeah, because there's something about coming into the actual studio and even just the sort of slightly more professional feeling that you get as someone doing it, it makes you take the whole thing a little bit more seriously than perhaps if you were just, you know, chatting over Zoom or whatever with your mate and and piecing together something rather that you've recorded on your phone or or something like that.
1: Definitely, definitely. And it's just also a base level of audio quality you want. Mm -hmm. So, there's the the mindset which you've outlined, which is spot on,
0: but there's also just, hey, make it sound all right. And the people who are involved in the business have some history in, in TV production and, and production outside of just the podcasting medium. So, obviously, being able to kind of bring out the best audio quality and, and even the nows on how to set up a studio was already in-house a little bit. Correct. Um, Zan and Murphy, our head of production,
1: did a show, The Roast, which we did under a previous production company we had. So, it was a daily news show which went on ABC. And that had to be written and delivered the same day. So, there's a lot of skills he got from that. But then also, he built a studio because we didn't want to do it within ABC. We wanted to build our own studio and have them pay for it. So, he'd build a TV studio. he built a studio that could live stream. So, building a podcast studio was nothing, really, by
0: comparison. Yeah. Easy. When you're expanding uh, an agency such as this, you know, there's a, there's a dearth of kind of shows out there that you can – try and attract into your agency? Is there, do you have a sort of mission on the kind of shows that you want to attract, the sort of content that you want to have, like keep it satirical, have it sports or have a bit of a kind of mixed bag approach? What's the what's the thinking there? Uh, initially, we went where people we know,
1: but we go where we think there's opportunity. Um, a couple caveats to that. So look, you can focus on good content first, but the reality is you can have great content and if you can't, if you don't have an audience for it, then it's a waste of time. Um, look, a guy, it's like the Hello Sport guys, a really interesting example how they grew 20 listens a day on, oh sorry, a week on SoundCloud up to probably hundred hundreds of thousands a week now. And they didn't have an audience and they built it. But that's rare and that was four years ago. Don't know if you can do that now as easily. So yeah, it is interesting. We go where there's opportunity. So is there good content in that space? Is there an opportunity in that space? Is there money in that space from sponsors? And then there's other things like, do we want these people coming into our studio and being part of our lives? And that's a big one as well. So a lot of the people we work with have come from people we've worked with. So via Becky and Camp doing a podcast with us, we've ended up with a cabal of comedy uh stand up comedians and comedy writers coming and doing a podcast with us. Um probably the best way to refer it. And the people hit us up and go, My friend's got this podcast, give it a listen, what do you think? So, there is also just the pub test of are you a good bloke mm-hmm. or are you a good girl or um, are you a good person? And if we like you, then we're much more likely to work with you and help you
0: on your journey. Boys, girls, you know, we, uh, is there much in the way of diversity kind of planning here and the shows that you bring on? I think just it seems like looking across the slate, there is quite a, a bit of diversity across your shows. I mean, is that something that's happened consciously or just because, you know, you, you're attracting a wide range of people, and and there's some really impressive voices out there. No matter you know, sex, gender, orientation, whatever the kind of thing is, if the if the if the content's good, get them in.
1: Bit of both. Like we go seeking it, we definitely want it to not just be what we have here. To well, two blokes sitting in a studio. So we don't want to just have two two chicks from Melbourne talking to a crime. You know, something like that. We want to have a little bit more diversity. Definitely want to hear different voices. See the opportunity for it. Um, then, but not the people getting signed by like where Hamish and Andy are. That's those guys love them, but that's very safe. That's the traditional big media model. We're not a big media company. We're small. We want to find diverse voices. We've got a great pos- podcast coming up called Wellness Wednesdays. Not thrilled with the name, but the podcast is going to be incredible. Uh, it's a girl, Nicola Adams. She is Nix is what she goes by. She's the New Zealand Media Personality of the Year. She's an incredibly proud Maori woman. She is an absolute firecracker that's going to be such a good podcast and we're definitely seeking out voices like that. We've worked with the recent Spotify Sound Up campaign which is pretty cool which is Indigenous Voices and in Australia obviously it's focusing on Australian Indigenous Voices and we mentored two people and helped them tell their story but on the back of that we're trying to do a bit more. We're working with an organisation called Indigitech who gets uh, creates pathways and cadetships for Indigenous Australians to get into tech so... They do stuff with Twitch. They do stuff with big uh, big tech companies and trying to create pathways for people there and even just people going, oh, I didn't realize that was an opportunity for me to work in this space. I thought I'd have to be a rugby league player or an AFL player or something like that. So... That's also important to us is to create new pathways and not just go, hey, we, want, we wouldn't mind diversifying our production base. Let's grab someone from NITV or SBS. That's, that's taking someone from a pathway that's already yep. there. We want to create new pathways and not just cherry pick someone who's going to be, oh, ready-made person from our organization. So, we're just trying to – the ideal is some of the people we've developed out like the Squiz, help develop like the Squiz, Equity Mate, uh Deal Buckley, people like that. We'd like to do that um, but with indigenous talent.
0: Yeah, unreal. Yeah. You talked a little bit about names and and maybe, you know, a name sort of being something that you weren't wrapped on. But when you're working with talent and, and, you know, they're creating things that are very close to them, do you have a sort of an oversight in there? Do you give input quite a bit? Are you pretty upfront and honest with things like that? Like, if you think, hey, this just isn't going to work, like, how do you bring up those kind of subjects?
1: Yeah, look, we, the mantra we work with is if it's a show that someone else has created, then we'll give you feedback and advice and we'll be very upfront and honest about it but you're free to ignore any of it and that's the way we look at it so we don't get insulted or in any way offended when someone doesn't go with our recommendation because it's their show they started their podcast or they started building their audience themselves and we're respectful of that and that's how we roll we'll make a case and we'll lay it out and if they don't want to do it that's fine in the case of that particular podcast wellness wednesday she already has a massive following on facebook under that brand so that's the brand um look it is what it is um and it may still change podcast isn't out yet might be out in a couple weeks so we'll see where it lands but look we are creator first a lot of people say they are but there's a lot of people that's just lip service and bs we are we truly are creator first Um, that's the way we roll
0: and with the mentoring process of things does that extend just beyond the kind of show as well into like helping them with production techniques and and enabling them and empowering them with those skills too is that something you try to do yeah top to
1: bottom uh we know people are going to outgrow us that's just the way this industry is going if people say they know what's going to look like in 18 months they're full of shit quite frankly because no one knows where this is going so someone like a hello sport who've now built their own studio and have a deal with ko and are pumping out three podcasts a week and have it as a full-time job that's a dream like yeah you outgrew us fantastic um, if this is digital media, we're not trying to Ponzi scheme people or be a record label that signs you up to a five-year, five-album deal and then owns your royalties owns the forever. Masters, yeah, yeah, and then oh, you bring in someone under you, then they're under us. It's not, it's not a pyramid scheme here. Uh, nothing
0: better than seeing guys go out there and and spread their wings, and that's very important for us as well. You mentioned getting winning the agency of the year at the Australian Podcast Awards. I was there with you. We were sitting right up the back of the thing just waiting for that one to be announced, assuming that there was, you know, no way that it would come this way given the other the other names that were involved in that w- award and were nominated. How did that kind of feel receiving that and have you used that kind of much to open up doors since or has it been much of a has a has a Has it helped you open up any doors since winning that award? Definitely,
1: definitely. It was, yeah, it was really gratifying to sort of be acknowledged and it was just post lockdown really. So it was fun to be in a big room and there was just a vibe off that. But you're right, yeah, we were all hanging up on the mezzanine level, just going, well, this is fun. So, it was a bit of a shock and um, Blake and I had to run down to receive the award, which was fun, a little bit of an adrenaline dump and probably gave an overzealous speech and shot, a f- <laughs> fired off a few shots against some people who... So, it- I closed one door for sure that night. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely opened up others. Uh, that and this podcast actually have been two things that really opened up a lot of doors. It's people's it's a bit of validation it's just there's so many people out there creating podcasts and it just gives you puts you a little bit a little bit of credibility that helps so we'll go talk to these guys and that that helped a lot and we've probably picked up four or five decent things off that in terms of brand work and that might be brand related podcasts or internal podcasts for people and then untold really with um talent we've been able to attract
0: yeah um how to make money in podcasting is something that people get asked a lot about and is there any money in it and, and you know, it's, it's not guaranteed by any stretch but you've talked about some partnership opportunities and things like that. I mean, what are the sort of opportunities for creators to monetize their podcast and how are some ways that uh, DM is able to help them realize yeah. those?
1: Good. I mean, it's a big question, isn't it? Because we don't all just want to do this for shits and giggles and there's... It's really changed, really. I think the last 18 months it went through the roof. Uh, tons of deal flow coming from different ways. The is the sort of radio model. What we do, basically, is we have as many buckets as possible to create opportunities for podcasters. Um, if you want to be over that, you've got to kind of be over that 10,000 listens an episode to be in the game in terms of that radio model of CPMs. So, that's ads being inserted and you're getting paid by the thousand listens so you want to be over ten thousand for that to really pay off but now look it's all changed we also work with the great people at bornbread talent and we have a sort of really close partnership with them where they help monetize a lot of our talent on socials and And then also, we're helping develop a lot of their talent to be podcasters. So, it's a beautiful sort of symbiotic relationship there. But that is another way of deal flow. Then there's also people outside of radio stations who have campaigns or have access to budgets and campaigns. And then it's podcasting. It's digital media. People come direct. So, we get a lot of people hitting us up. And then we've got the Batuta angle where there's a huge gravity there where people just are hitting us up for opportunities and so there is a ton of ways to make money there's also things like live shows there's things like merchandise these are all very good ways to do it and there's just pathways there's also does this spin off to become a tv show or did your podcast help you get on big brother and then did that turn in turn grow your podcast etc 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 so it is a sort of you got to look at it i guess holistically mm-hmm. and there's plenty of money there plenty of money there we've had People who've come out of out the gates with one had a, like a good social media following and a bit of a sort of classic profile um, that you get with a, not a radio profile but the kind of profile that radio stations for Target and then her co-host is just a lawyer. So, these guys are not coming from any type of podcast background and they were able to secure lock in before releasing an episode significant, significant sort of six-figure income for their podcast
0: Without having published an episode, so there's plenty of ways to make money. Yeah, I think you mentioned the sort of ten thousand uh, listens is just a bit of a yardstick about you know a way that you can monetize um, in terms of audience and and knowing a bit about the audience on each specific show. I mean do you try to cater partnership opportunities based on the audience of the show specifically or do you have a bit of a kind of general DM audience profile that you use to attract, say, bigger bigger partnership opportunities or whatever that might be?
1: We might have initially had Elaine, which was just um, the comedy male comedy audience. It's so much more diverse than that. I mean, we do Spaniards podcast. We do Lisa Allen Adabelle, Lee Sales and Annabelle Crabs podcast. And everything in between. Yeah, so that's a, what we a we've great got, spectrum
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is.
1: But what we've got is we've created. I mean, podcasting is all about niche audience. So the more niche your audience is, the better. So you look at someone like the Great Cricketer; they were 93% men, and I think it was all sitting in that 24 to 44 range. That's great. That's what you want. It's ex- you know exactly who you're talking to. As it broadens out, it you then you need a massive audience. You need a really big audience if you're going to just be quite broad 50 50 male female split and looking at a i don't know like a 30 year age split for 80 percent of your audience you've got to be big so it's better to be niche so what we do is we group podcasts together and create subgenres and go look here's 10 pop culture podcasts that have this audience or here's 10 male focus audiences 10 female focus young female focused here's a um, you know um mother age podcast is we've got one suddenly senior what's this sort of over 50 audience that we can get and what podcasts will we put together and you bundle them together and attack bigger budgets so that helps as well and maybe you run the same creative over that campaign on all the different shows
0: so, yeah okay yeah i'm uh, obviously work with you on on behind the podcast here and i'm a member of the recently formed dm podcast facebook group Um, I've noticed on there that you've put some calls out just for ideas and and around, you know, what might work as as live shows or what might work as other content. Sort of opening that up to the DM group in general to sort of see, you know, are there any things that could happen where these shows might work together with this show or this person and that person? Is that something you're going to try and promote more? Is that kind of cross-pollination, I suppose, across the different shows? Yeah, we really want a community. Um, The best way to promote your podcast is go on someone else's podcast.
1: So, we're trying to line people up, but give them the opportunity to do that themselves. That really works. Uh, There's opportunities to cross-promote. So, maybe run ads on each other's shows, or you could even run an episode on your feed of someone else's show if you really can get to that trust level, a lot of things like that. So, we really want to build this community of people thinking together, or maybe spinning off a podcast together, or we get a brief for something. So, we've got an interesting podcast, opportunity to do it for dads, recently, you know, new dads. So, okay, who within the space, who within our network has recently become a dad? All right, maybe we can match a couple of them up and make something cool. Mm-hmm. So, there's opportunities like that. Um, so, yeah, really as much as possible, we want people to play and feel like they're part of something. We're about to move to a bigger office so that we can have more studios and then just break out space for people to hang out. And we just want people in. We love it when people come in. We know on this day of the week, these people come in. Um, on this day of the week, these people come in and you look forward to it and it's part of your life and they look forward to it too and they build their day around doing it. They might have go for drinks afterwards or have lunch before or do something like that or they know they're going to intersect with these other people and we want that to happen. Like It's it's in everyone's interest and it just makes it a more fun
0: workplace. You mentioned going from the pub to the current space and, and now this new space that you're looking for. Are there any kind of other things that you want to build into that new office space and and what has it got going from a base level i mean are you moving into a couple of studios you're trying to bring in some film equipment and these breakout spaces and kind of communal areas is there anything from a like a community industry point of view that you want to try and do to get people in and get people talking and just promote the enthusiasm i suppose
1: yeah well more room to start because we've gone from 5 to 11 in this space and that's it we're in Big space issues, as you saw this morning. People taking phone calls all over the place. So, we want more meeting rooms. We want more places where make, people can make calls. But from a podcasting point of view, we want to have three studios. We want a large video-first face, fa- video first podcast space that we can do some really cool stuff with as well. We want to look at this live streaming capability. And then we have two smaller studios and then a voice booth as well because we do a ton of voice work. From a community side, with a big open plan, space, we'll have Batuta and the... DM team uh, on on one corner of that and then we're just going to have space where people can come in. We're working on a pop culture concept or sorry, channel really with Cam James and Alexi. So we want them in all the time and then we've got this awesome rooftop as well where it'll be great for... Friday drinks, but also ideally attract people just come over, come over and check out our joint or just go up there and, and chat to people, have meetings up there, do that. So, that's what we're looking for. Now, with the video space, that's the way it's going. Don't know how it's going to – everyone's talking about video, obviously YouTube. We've got some YouTube podcasts. It'll do hundreds of thousands on YouTube and 10,000 on audio only. So Spotify is pushing to that space as well and then there's also these sort of TikTokers coming through who even just for your socials to promote there needs to be video. So we're building all the video capability but we've just done the deal last week to acquire a big share in a video production company in Melbourne because we've got a lot of talent in Melbourne so we need a beachhead there and we need a studio there because we're already paying other people or relying on partnerships to get people in studio and then on the flip side of that we want video production. So now we've got seven more video producers ready to go instantly. So we can just record stuff in Sydney and just send the files down to Melbourne to be cut up. So that's where it's going. Let's see what happens. I mean, it can all change again.
0: Yeah. As you said, build it and they will come. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. But we need this big
1: multifunction space because we built studios for other podcasters. And it's like, why are we doing that? Let's
0: just have one that we can shape shift in as well. Um, so, Stocks, you mentioned a few of the shows that you've worked with or helped mentor or helped grow. Are there a few success stories that you want to push out, you know, just initially? Yeah, look, as, when we started,
1: the ones that really twigged us of the, this is the potential of this are people like The Squiz, um, Dill Buckley, Hello Sport, Equity Mates, people like that. I mean, The Squiz was one where we had a friend of mine went to dinner with a friend of theirs and they connected the dots and said, oh, we'd love to meet those guys. So we had a meeting lined up, uh, Zanon, head of production, and myself with the Squeeze team and we went to have a coffee down at Kiribili. I remember it was a beautiful day but when we booked in the meeting, we didn't know what the hell it was about. We couldn't work it out. We looked at that website and went, oh, we're not sure what's going on here. So we booked in a lunch afterwards. We did one of that sort of strategic. There's a great Japanese restaurant near there. Let's book in for 12 o'clock there and we'll meet the – Squeeze Team at Eleven, and if it's a waste of time meeting, at least we've got a nice lunch out of it. <laughs> um, and it was a fantastic meeting, and just looked at what they do, and they had this incredible EDM, and they were producing it every day, and just didn't seem like anyone could compete with the quality of what their product was. And the question was as simple as: Can you get up half an hour earlier every day and record a podcast? And that was f- f- that was incredible. Mean, it's an incredible success. They're a huge company now. They're a media giant really independent media giant well i wouldn't say independent but they're a media giant and they've podcast empire that they've built off the back of that and we help, taught them how to fish the whole way through i mean teaching them bought the equipment they both would do it remotely uh how do you edit it how to how to script it what their approach was how to make it authentic to them and that's let's be clear here they did all the hard work they also have a lot of media connections and we're talking to all those people as well over the process about, should I talk like this? Should I go for this voice? How do I do it? Should I be scripted? Should I not be scripted? But that was a fantastic process and they uh, are an absolute giant and that was the most thr- thrilling thing to see them go and just continue to thrive. Um, Deal Buckley is an interesting one. You, you know, he No one works harder than him and no one's sort of been more creative than him. He's constantly changing his formats, doing his thing. Um, The Hello Sport guys is, as I think I alluded to before, just that case of going from 20 listeners to this huge podcast empire, but they've done everything you should do to grow, grow a social channel, put a Facebook group together, get audience interaction, have a hotline, all these different things they've done and pump it out, rain, hail or shine, pump it out. They are the absolute textbook case of how this works. Um, just so thrilling to see them now go to their own empire. Equity makes guys have raised, I think, $2.5 million yeah. on the back of their media empire. Now, they've got some challenges because they haven't worked out how to grow their other shows. They've created some spin-off shows that they've commissioned with good talent, which seem to be good shows, but I think they're still struggling to that traction of getting those shows to grow. And look, that's a massive challenge for everyone out there. It's like, how do you scale out? Deal seems to have worked it out. The uh, Squiz definitely worked that out. Uh, but that is a big challenge once you've got one feed. Are people coming for you? Because they are, because it's personal. And it's mm-hmm. the way you guys approach and deliver content. But how do you scale that out? That's a big challenge. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I and mean, I can't remember exactly what the question was, but I've just <laughs> talked at you for five minutes. Yeah. No,
0: that's great. The success stories. I think we've got a couple of examples there of some of some brilliant ones. Uh, we always talk to the people that we're interviewing about any shows that they want to recommend. I mean, this has just been a massive plug for DM, just generally. So I don't think anyone will begrudge us for asking you to recommend maybe a couple of shows either that you're particularly proud of or that are new to DM or anyone that you just kind of want to give a little bit of a shout out and that would recommend for, you know, that maybe they're just great production quality. Maybe the hosts are really interesting, whatever the kind of litany of reasons might be. And yeah, If you just give us one or two.
1: Yeah, I'll give you a few. Look, uh, the Social Distance Podcast, again, not the name I love, but basically two Kiwi professional cyclists who are on the tour in the in the, in Europe and a guy in Melbourne as well. They do a great podcast, Drops Every Fortnight. It's fun. It's cycling adjacent. They just talk about a lot of different stuff. But look, with the Tour de France coming imminent, check out that podcast they're also involved in the ride to survive which is a netflix uh, series they're going to do around the tour de france so it'd be great to get some insights on that process as well they've already given some pretty interesting insights and what their fears are about that type of series and then look there's another one the neurodivergent woman which we're thrilled to be working with these two uh they are both professionals in that space and they pump out 10 episode seasons twice a year they've just finished the most recent one but that's been it's a fabulous podcast uh it's an emerging area of sort of particularly female neurodivergence is something that's awareness needs to grow on diagnosis needs to happen sooner there's been a whole bunch of high profile people coming out and saying i'm neurodivergent and their podcast is brilliant and it's again followed the it's been the classic dm model of how we've been able to assist, while it's still their show, we've helped them with their audio quality, we've helped them with their back catalogue, we've helped them get some promotion, we've helped them get some guests, and we've helped them guest on other shows, but they've done all the work, really, and their audience has grown significantly, and they're looking, getting very ambitious about the next season. So that's the dream for us, is working with people like that. They've got an area of subject matter that, is we have no knowledge in. We just know that it's a great space and that they're doing really good things and that they're a safe pair of hands in that space in terms of they're not giving bad messaging, they're not giving bad COVID advice and they're a delight to work with
0: and their show is growing. The dream. Finally, advice is another thing we always ask people for. So, I suppose from your point of view, if someone is working on a show, they've got a concept together, whatever the case might be, what's a good way to approach you know, a network such as yourself um, to try and get your show involved with them or or to help kind of build it a bit further? Yeah, just hit us up.
1: I mean, that's been the best way to do it. That was Equity Mates just went through our website and we started chatting that way. Just get in touch with the network, have the conversation, see where you need to improve, um, take the advice on board. Uh, If you're not ready yet, move on. But just yeah, don't lock yourself into something. I mean, if you're not a big podcast, you're not gonna, you shouldn't be locking yourself into any type of agreement. But there are people out there who like to sign you into twelve and twenty-four month deals. Don't do that. Just respect the fact that you are, you have started your show yourself, or it's your idea. But yeah, just no one's gonna come and hit you up. You've got to go do it yourself. That's really the best advice I think.
0: Well, I think. DM has been a masterclass in doing it all yourself and, and you know pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. So congratulations on all the success so far. Thank you very much for giving me an opportunity to be on a podcast. I've had a lot of fun working with you over the past year or so. Uh, and we look forward to plenty more shows to come out soon. Also, if anyone does want to hit us up to be on the show, just get in touch with Stocks via the website. We'll have a chat. We'll get you on the show, hear about your show. Awesome. Thanks, Stocks. Thanks, man. That was fun.